seven, eight years ago, Deloitte or McKinsey or PwC or Accenture said, CX is the new battleground. They said that seven years ago. It's not, A, it wasn't the new battleground then, and it's, it hasn't really, it's actually got worse, I think, from seven years ago. So um, I think every industry sector, every company is playing the CX game. They're, they're creating, hey, we have a chief customer officer, or hey, we're going to put customers at the heart of everything. That's my biggest annoying marketing slogan when I come, hey, I'm going to put customers at the heart of everything whilst I'm sat in yeah. a call the queue for 10 minutes. You know, I'm not at your heart. Welcome to Conversations That Matter, a podcast from Unifor. Here, we explore the latest customer experience trends, sales insights, innovations in AI and automation, and more with well-known thought leaders and industry experts. Tune in and join the conversation. Welcome, everyone, to Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Randy Kassar. In today's podcast, we are diving into customer experience. We've been talking a lot about conversational AI in the enterprise, but what really matters is how that technology is applied to the overall customer experience as well as the employee experience. So today we have an amazing guest. He's been working as a experienced customer service leader and a, a customer experience uh, innovator for numerous years across different industries around aviation, retail, and finance. And today I'd like to welcome Alex Mead to the podcast. Welcome, Alex. Hey, it's my pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. It's great to talk to you too. So you're calling us from Bahrain, which is awesome. It's our first uh, podcast guest from Bahrain, which uh, I, 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 it's one of the countries that I want to visit. So I appreciate uh, you guys, um, appreciate you joining us. So today we want to start off the podcast like we always do is kind of debunk a myth or perhaps uh, focus on a challenge. Yeah. And since you're focused on customer experience, We'd we'll love to understand from your perspective through the clients that you've been working with, through your experience at, um, you know, working with these, with the, with your customers, what is one myth about customer experience that you'd like to debunk? Uh, yeah. One challenge that you think um, just we need to overcome so that we can get to that optimal result. Absolutely. So first of all, um, there, there's uh, a crazy myth that customers like to talk to human beings, maybe 5%. I don't think any, any of us think, hey, are my flights delayed? Where's my parcel? Or why is my money not gone to? Hey, I want to right. sit in a call center queue. Or I want to talk to a chatbot. You want to be able to get the answer quickly and easily. But because you can't get the answer quickly and easily, we force customers down these channels. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, that's part one of the myth. Part two is to fix customer experience. You have to invest so much in voice of the customer software, feedback, 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 absolute baloney. If you listen to what customers are doing, observe what they're doing, listen to what they're saying, the answers are already there. So, you know, the myth it is um, it, it's customers don't like to talk to human beings. They want to get the answer quickly and easily. So, um, and, and a lot of people say, oh, yes, but when it's emotional, they want to talk to a human being. No, when it's emotional, they want a contextual answer. My flight's been delayed. You just canceled my flight. I'm here at the airport. I want you to do something about it. And because there's no yeah, fix it right away. mechanism for that. People say, oh, they like to talk to human beings. No, they don't. They want an answer that's contextual and relevant. So th that's the myth, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think from, from our perspective, I think there's certain... Uh, issues or, or complaints that require just a self-service kind of automated solution 
that taps into kind of knowledge AI. And then there's other portions where you want to talk to a human. Uh, and I mean, don't you think like maybe perhaps when it's kind of finance related, uh, a high networked individual um, is, is not going to want to trust a bot. He, he might, but I think everything starts at kind of the virtual assistant level. Yeah. And then it's, it's good to have the option if they want to, right? That's exactly the answer that um, too many people put chatbots, virtual assistants, digital, call it what you want, and yeah. forced customers to have to go through that before they could then choose to talk to human being. My, my view is the chatbot, the digital assistant, whatever it's called, is a concierge. If it can help you, it's helped you. If it can't help you, the customer should then be able to say, right, I've, I'm giving up on you. It's already taken me 30 seconds longer than I wanted. At this. Now let me choose the channel I want to talk to the human being on. And again, if you think the, the rigid, rigidity of the process is chatbot, then equals agent chat. Why can't chatbot equal inbound call, call back, send you a message? You know, it's always chatbot, then agent chat. No, no, no. Establish what the customer wants, which can be a concierge, digital assistant, chatbot. And the easier you make it for the customer to tell you what they want, the easier you can then ascertain what they need and then decide, okay, okay. this is a high-value fraud situation. Yeah, probably we need to just put them in touch with a <laughs> high-value fraud agent immediately. So, you know, it, it's also one-dimensional. And I, I think, uh, of course, you need to talk to human beings on occasion, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned the voice of the customer. Do you think that... Uh, uh, Companies these days, brands, do you think they listen enough to the voice of the customer? Do you think they're getting enough data that they need to make good decisions? I, I, I approach every one of my um, customer service experience leadership roles on two, first of all, as a leader, but also as a customer. And as a yeah. customer, I, I almost religiously don't give any feedback now because I'm tired of the constant feedback surveys I'm sent. They're sent at yeah. the wrong time, they're sent at the wrong life cycle stage, and so often you talk to a, a contact center agent or even interact with a self-service engine about something that needs to happen tomorrow. And yeah. straight after, hey, would you like to give us feedback? I don't know until the thing you told me tomorrow is happens or not. So <laughs> exactly. like, the, the feedback, uh, and I also know that on occasion I will say something extreme. It was amazing or it was absolutely awful less than one in 50 times you ever get any acknowledgement or follow-up. So yeah, I, I think um, feedback is, is wonderful, but feedback through VOC is, is just pointless now. It really is. And the approach I take is every time uh, a customer or a prospect interacts with the company I'm working for, we record that interaction in a CRM system. So it's either a case, an opportunity or lead in, in high level. What I then do is I allow a customer to see a summary. Hey, you just spoke to us about a booking, a flight, uh, an order, or a potential order. Here's a summary of your conversation. You can see it in the app, via email, via messenger, whatever. Yeah. If you'd like to give us feedback now, you can. Just click here. So it's actually embedded to the interaction summary, not to, oh, hey, you, you know, you spoke to company X. How was it? No, no. Hey, we told you X, Y, and Z. How, is the, how happy were you with the, the thing we said to you, the outcome? the way we made you feel, the experience and the effort you had to put in. And then that feedback is linked to that specific interaction about that specific issue. And then you can then really deep dive rather than we sent 100,000 surveys back. We got 2,000 from only those who could be bothered to reply. You know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, one of the things that, you know, we're noticing is certain industries are, perhaps prioritizing CX mm -hmm. than others. 
and maybe it's the nature of the economy or I'm not sure what it is, but um, I want to get your thoughts on, on where you see a huge influx on companies really spending time on either hiring a, a CX leader and making that a priority and also making it a priority for customers. What, what kind of industries are you seeing? Uh, are, are, are was, um, seven, eight years ago, Deloitte or McKinsey or PwC or Accenture said, CX is the new battleground. They said that seven years ago. It's not A, it wasn't the new battleground then. And it's hasn't really, it's actually got worse, I think, from seven years ago. So um, I think every industry sector, every company is playing the CX game that they're, they're creating. Hey, we have a chief customer officer, or hey, we're going to put customers at the heart of everything. That's my biggest annoying marketing slogan when I come. Hey, I'm going to put customers at the heart of everything whilst I'm sat in yeah. a corporate queue for 10 minutes. You know, I'm not at your heart. Um, but I, I think. Um, they are all, to be honest, I, I don't see anything changing. I hear the same mood music, but there are so few that are investing in customer service experience. I think that's the biggest issue. They all talk about customer experience as if it's one big amalgamous thing, but it's not. It's yeah. made up of two things. There's brand and marketing experience, which is um, being ethical, making sure the slogans, the marketing, sure. the yeah. investment in the planet is, is up to purpose, and that's doing well, and even the, the AR, you know, the marketing but then the customer service experience, it's getting tougher to talk to organizations than it was two, three, four, five years ago. You literally, there's some industry sectors you think, I'm not even going to be able to talk to them. An airline, you know you're going to be in a queue for an hour or a utility company yeah. <laughs> from reaching out. So um, it, is, it is the same battleground it was 10 years ago. And yeah. I, I think what's happened with this customer experience buzzword phrase that's developed the last decade is everyone's forgotten about customer service experience and the other aspect of that is when i say customer oh you mean customer support no no i mean customer service experience which is every life cycle stage and if you think about it i'm on an airline website i'm at a retailer website i have a question uh -huh. before i place this order it's almost impossible to ask the question uh, but the pre-purchase stage, isn't it? Let alone, yeah. 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 Oh, I, and I wish, I, I wish I could see more. I hope things are happening, but I'm not hearing much with my ear to the ground in terms of companies that really still get wake up and get it, and they're they're using AI and chatbots to cut costs rather than invest in customer service. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it doesn't. Technology isn't always a solution, right? Uh, there's a lot of processes and workflow that needs to be decided first. A strategy needs to be decided first. Um, so I, I totally understand that. Um, I think a lot of our listener audience do. Uh, so for those that are tuning in, you're listening to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, Randy Ksar, and we're talking to Alex Mead here. He has years of experience around customer service experience, which Correct. I think is one of the keywords today uh, that we want to kind of focus on. Um, so from one of the things that uh, when, when we talk, you know, before we're, we, we, we're part of the tech stack uh, and kind of curious from your perspective, how has the CX tech stack changed over the, over the years? Yeah. Uh, love to get your take on that. Absolutely. So um, I actually just did a small amount of work with, with a company that um, had nine different CRM platforms, believe it or not. Literally, if you, they had a Salesforce, Oracle, Microsoft, yeah. Sendless, Fresh, <laughs> I could go on. Um, yeah. uh, and I said, well, um, how's your self-service strategy? Uh, we have a chatbot. The chatbot was not linked to any of them. Uh, oh the gosh. knowledge management was in another platform. 
the call, the voice platform was a VoIP platform hosted, not integrated in whatsoever. And then yeah. to to respond to customer issues, the frontline team would email second line or third line. It was like, oh my god! So the, the tech stack I'm seeing is is uh, is getting more and more confusing. I remember probably 10, 15 years ago, you'd have you need a CRM platform. Uh, but again, when I say CRM, so many people think that means different things to me. Yeah. CRM, just like CX, is there's two distinctly different things. There's the marketing aspect of CRM, and there's the customer service aspect. And the customer service should be made up of case management, clearly, um, a contact record. Uh, it should be made up of customer uh, agent knowledge management, it should, customer self-service knowledge. And if you want to put an AI or a chatbot, it needs to be fully linked to that. And the CRM absolutely needs to be linked to the ERP system. You know, you're the lifeblood of any organization, the thing that yeah. understands the stock, the delivery, the travel, whatever. And then the weird thing is still none of these big CRM companies have integrated voice. So we have um, Service Cloud Voice by Salesforce, which is not a voice platform. It's one you can integrate a voice platform into. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still amazed even, even in the last 10 years, one of these big players hasn't put voice fully in. So, you need a CRM system. Within that should be the knowledge management, the case management, the agent support, and the contact record. The voice platform needs to be seamlessly linked to that in terms of CTI, et cetera. And then um, they need to be linked to the ERP. But the biggest thing that I see the mistake companies make is that's what they see as internal. If I'm a customer and I go to any company's website or app, I want right. to see this, my CRM. So I go to my help or my support on your website or right. app. Right. I want to right. see that, okay, contextual knowledge relevant to me. Hey, Alex, here's your orders. This one has been shipped, but it's going to be a day later than we said when you ordered it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk to us about that, press this button, and we'll give you an answer straight away. You know, and so It sounds so simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> but people still the, the, the don't have that. The facing digital perspective is, is so often built completely in a separate way to the internal CRM. It's got to be one of the same, absolutely. So that's the way it should be done. But again, I, I think people are getting confused. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, as you're talking about kind of the the needs of kind of a all encompassing solution that includes voice and, and other multimodalities, um, how do you how do people that well let's kind of, let's talk about the kind of the walk and run phase. So, yeah, for some people that are listening in, they're they're kind of in the walk phase. They're uh -huh. just starting their journey on not necessarily improving their CX, but perhaps they're going into conversational AI in the enterprise, perhaps. Yeah. They're taking a look at the whole kind of customer journey. Where do they start? Um, yeah, what are the questions that they need to ask? I always don't start with the tech. I start with, okay, let's get a bunch of contact centers and a bunch of marketing, a bunch of salespeople in a room and say, or even look at whatever data we have. Why do customers contact us? Let's put them in a big, on a big wall, but whatever, and let's group them together. And okay, there's a, pre-order question about delivery timescales. There's a pre-order question about your returns process. There's a, I've ordered it, when's it coming question. There's a, I've ordered it, I don't like it, I want to return it. Let's group all these questions up and then consolidate them. And you'll realize it's one of those crazy laws. I, 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 somebody must have written a theory. There are never more than six to eight primary contact reasons in any company. I, I, I'm amazed it always works. We start with 500. They always group into six to eight. So what are the <laughs> primary contact reasons why customers would contact us? Let's now okay. group everything under that as a secondary reason. Pre-order question is X, Y, Z. And then let's think about okay. what are the answers we give to every one of those questions? 
If we don't have an answer, well, we need to find an answer. But when we know we have an answer, why can't we just a proactively give that answer to the question in the first place? Hey, if you place your order, here's what the process will be. Or um, reactively, when a customer wants to contact us, think about how we can self-serve that answer. So they go to the website, the app, even voice IVR. I have a pre-order question. Here's your answer, Mr. Ms. Mrs. Customer. And okay, so then you're creating like a foundational structure and framework. Okay, so how can we build knowledge articles to answer those questions? Chatbot answers, AI. Okay, we can do that. And then how can we set that up in a CRM platform? Got it. Okay. Oh, we don't have a CRM platform. Well, we need to get one because we need <laughs> to do this structured approach. And then yeah. every interaction the customer has slots into one of those primary, secondary category case types. And and then yeah. you look, okay, how many do we get about this one? How many do we get about that one? What's the underlying root cause behind the question? Okay. All right. And now we need to do it multi-channel. So we need to integrate voice into this CRM thing, social media. And then we need to think, okay, um, how can we refine it every day? So every customer that asks or prospect asks a question of one of these self-service platforms that we're not able to answer well, let's close the loop on that. And then yeah, that, yeah. that's the basics. But then when you have the basics. I love that. Yeah. It's no, a, I love what you're saying. It's, it's, it's a, what we'll, we're going to do, we're going to summarize all these steps in a blog post. I think that's a, a good kind of walk. You know, If you're in the walk phase of your – Absolutely. Uh, of your journey, that's definitely um, pretty awesome. So let's kind of jump forward to say maybe someone's been doing this for, I don't know, five, six years. They've got the self-service solution. They, 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 it's, it's all integrated. What are the things that perhaps they should be looking at from an insights perspective Absolutely, yeah, to, so, to yeah. optimize? So, um, yeah, that's, that's doing what I said is just the foundations. And if you – do the clever stuff without those foundations, you'll actually just yeah. make things worse, like building a house. So when you have that in place, you've got to then think about um, customer value. Okay, we can't treat every customer the same. It's, it's a fact of commercial life. Uh, yeah. So a customer that is a high-value, loyal customer, we need to somehow give them better, bet, better. You know, you define that. You should never give everyone bad experience. And someone who's low-value doesn't make as much money. So first think about your segmentation. But then absolutely every question the customer asks of you, Try and think of the context. And context is the biggest missing thing in CX. So, and that's where conversational design really should come in. Hey, I've ordered this 50th wedding anniversary gift for tomorrow. You just told me it's going to be late. As of, hey, I've ordered this pair of socks for tomorrow. Can you give me an update when they're coming? Exactly the same question. But my God, the context. Somebody, fiftieth <laughs> wedding anniversary gift's going to be late. Ah, yeah. We better do, and that's a high value customer. All right, someone totally. find out where that gift is and manage that solution for that customer. It's a, it's a context, and I think context is the biggest CX battleground that no company still has grasped. And believe it or not, the worst culprit is the biggest online retailer in the world, Amazon. Now, the number of times I place the order, it says your order will be there by two days' time. And then next day, ah, your order will now be there eight to nine days' time. You just think you can just tell me that? That's it. Just tell me that. And I had this happen. I had this happen for gifts that would your order is gonna be there 20, 21 December. And then literally yeah, yeah. Oh, may that be there between twenty-eighth of December and fourth of Jan. There's no like, is that okay with you? Would you like to cancel or resolve? It? <laughs> yeah. It's literally yeah. it, it is um context is, is the biggest opportunity, I think. Yeah, that's a great, great point. I mean, context is key, and that's derived through insights, through listening. 
Uh, that's definitely key. Um, let's kind of take a step back and kind of how did you get where you are today? Uh, what's kind of been your journey? Um, you know, where did you start off and how did you get to where you are today? So I, start, I studied computer systems and information engineering. Even a sentence makes me so afraid. I, I love technology and I, I love writing computer games when I was young. And I realized, okay, if I carry on on this career path, I'm going to end up in a server room with big machine boxes. So uh, I, I, I went to Canada and sold sports socks and then printer ribbon and printer ink uh, in my early 20s in Hamilton, Ontario, minus 20 with a minus 10 windshield factor. Ooh. But with my Thank English you. and all the customers bought from the English guy, it doesn't matter what I was selling. So uh, I, <laughs> I did really well. Um, and uh, after the year, the business partner stabbed me in the back and I had to leave or I'd be deported. That's another story for another time. And my Royal Air Force father booked me an interview as a customer service agent the day I got back from Canada. Dad, wait. And I, I put a headset on for a utility company yeah. after complain. And I realized I'm pretty good at talking to angry customers. And hey, Alex, <laughs> got an angry one. And I would literally say, hey, you're angry. <laughs> they give it to you. you know what? I'd be really angry as well if I was in your shoes. And a customer swore at me. I said, you know what? I'd be off too if I was in. And I, <laughs> I had a, a disciplinary started because I swore at a customer. They didn't even have call recording. Someone heard me say the words. <laughs> but amazingly, we had a commendation letter come in from that same customer as my disciplinary process. I spoke to this guy, Alex. He was amazing. So they had amazing, yeah. And um, I realized, okay, I, I, I like interacting with customers, but I like fixing the issues. And then I realized, okay, I need to get up the ladder to fix the, the systemic strategy. And, and, you know, that's how I fell yeah. into it. And I, I love the combination of, a customer has a question, issue, or need, and somebody needs to serve that question, issue, or need. Yes. How can we do that so well and so efficiently? And um, that's still what, what drives everything I do now. Awesome. Uh, so if there was a masterclass on, on the work that you do, what would be included in that kind of curriculum? Yeah, so for many years, um, I, I've had a framework that stands me in good stead in every role. If I stand up in front of boards and articulate it, Brilliant. Love it. And you should write a book. You should sell a co I will never be a consultant making money out of the way I do things. I just do things. So, but the framework is epic and time. And it's four letters. So customers need easy, personalized, intuitive, and contextual experiences. And I can break down whatever one of those means that we'll be all day for doing now. And then I, I explain to board, okay, here's what easy means for you. Here's what personalized, intuitive, and contextual. Here's why they are important to your revenue, your retention, acquisition. Here's the reality of where you are right now. There's a chasm between Epic and where you are right now. And they go, oh, and I, I always give them some golden bullets. Ah, oh, yeah, see, I get it. And then I say, okay, that's what customers need. Your customer service staff, your customer facing staff need time. The T stands for time. I'm talking to this customer now. I shouldn't have to worry. There's 50 calls in the queue or 400 emails. Let me focus right. on this customer. They need information, nothing worse than, oh, I don't know where your parcel is either. Hopefully it'll be there tomorrow. They need motivation. Why the hell should they sound as though they care a damn unless they are genuinely motivated? And for motivation, yeah. they need empowerment. Oh my God, I can see Randy, we've really screwed up. Here's what I'm gonna do. So when I, when I explain epic and time, I can, I can do a four week masterclass on it if I was a consultant, because <laughs> I literally, but that's the framework as a CX leader, I yeah. always, yeah. things in the buckets and it, it's astonishing how um it has never let me down and like every executive i get a shade of imposter syndrome with every new role i may, yeah. have, I may have blacked into this and i use my framework it just works new sector new country it's just that, that's what i do epic and time 
I love that epic in time. All right, I have to use that for myself. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I was just talking to our, our CFO just now, and and kind of curious on your take in terms of how how if if you were in a in a position where you were trying to uh, get more budget for a certain project uh, and you were presenting to the CFO, um, yeah, this is a, a very wide ranging question, but I kind of curious from your perspective, since you probably have done this before, how would yeah. you go about getting budget or, or approval for a certain project that, you know, is, is a pretty high value ticket item and, and yep. needs to show bottom line? How would you talk to the CFO? Again, I'll, I'll give a specific example. It's rare that any role they've had the tech deck that I feel for the need. So I nearly always have to ask for something that um, there's no budget for Alex or oh, we're losing money. And here's a real example. I worked for a company that were turning over almost 400 million pounds a year and they were losing 40 million a year. So they were lossy and the CEO said, there's no budget for anything, Alex, you can have to be creative. But if you yeah. can give a case to the CFO and he signs it off, good luck to you. So um, I for that case, I said, right, I need to invest 10 to 15 million CapEx and maybe 1 million OPEX, but I currently have um, a headcount of 2000 or so customer experience stuff. That's about 40, 45 million a year. I guarantee you within six months, I can not eliminate the staff, but reduce the need for 40% of them. And we can then direct those 40% to upselling, cross-selling these other services. That's great. Uh, so Alex, what are you saying? I said, okay, if you invest in this, I commit to a headcount reduction of 35 to 40%, but I'll work with the sales and marketing guy to redeploy the headcount to add additional revenue. He just said, headcount reduction, you can commit to that, done. And you know, CFOs, um, Hey, I'm going to improve the customer experience. He'll go, oh, I don't care. You know, yeah. either save money, make money, or something. One of those two. Either save money yeah. or make money. And yeah, and it, it was nowhere near as simple as I described. But you know, it's, you have to always. Yeah. And, and sometimes what you have to do with these guys. So um, the most ironic thing is when you're trying to create a case for a CRM platform. You need a CRM platform to create the case for CRM platform. It's literally, I can't tell you why customers contact us because we don't record them in CRM. So you have to <laughs> somehow um, be creative and piloting small scale things to prove, hey, I've taken 5%. I have a hosted service from this CRM providers yeah. near three month trial. And there are times in my early career, I literally would beg, borrow from CRM provider. Let me use your platform for three months. I have no budget. Yeah. I'll help you prove the case with me. And but you know, it's always, does it save money? Does it make money? And a lot of CX people forget that everything falls into that. Totally. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Proof of concept is good. Trial periods. Those are good offers. Um, even though sometimes there's too many through LinkedIn that people send me, but it's definitely helpful. Uh, speaking of LinkedIn. So, uh, you, you, you're, you know, I think we found each other through LinkedIn, uh, as I was looking for kind of CX experts out there in the world. Um, and I just wanted to bring up uh, a post that you've had, uh, and that's kind of the talk of the town. Uh, I'm just going to read just the first part of it and kind of want to just dive into it. Uh, so it says, CX leaders, I think all the excitement about chat, GPT, BARD, et cetera, is a huge risk of taking yeah. CX even further down the wrong path. Here's why. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say my own, you know, it's a good proof of concept. It's yet to be determined where it's going to go, but from an enterprise perspective, I think that's kind of where there's still a lot of legwork to be done. Um, but kind of curious from your perspective, what are your thoughts around, yeah. you know, generative AI um, and, you know, ChatGPT is just one example, 
So what were your thoughts around that? Yeah, so I think um, before chat GPT and Bard, there were chatbots, and some of them were, were claiming to be artificial intelligence. But right. so few of them that are linked to a customer-specific CRM record, which is then linked to the ERP system. Yeah. So if I could say to a chatbot, hey, I have a question about my order, it will say, yeah, our order delays are typically two to four days, be generic fluff. So and if I could say speak to an agent, it will say, um, you can't speak to an agent right now, but here's some FAQs. And my worry about ChatGPT and Bard is it will just get slicker at the answers it gives. Hey, Alex, I can see you placed an order two days ago. Yeah, typically we take three to four days. Um, any more questions? And you may, and I'll maybe able to say, hey, dude, where's my package? In real clear English. And it may be able to answer that. But ChatGPT, Bard, chat, all these things need to be integrated to the CRM platform, which is then integrated to the yeah. ERP system. So if I can say to ChatGPT or Bard, hey, those uh, trainers I ordered last week, what's the status? And it could say, right, hey, Alex, um, we've just checked with uh, the delivery company. There's been a, a weather incident in, in your, your region. They yeah. said the options are you can collect them from the depot tomorrow evening or they'll deliver them the day after. What would you like to do? That is what I think would be awesome. But I, yeah. that's why I worry that people think, hey, putting better natural language is not the natural language. It's the integration into the, the back-end platforms that is yeah. the biggest issue. That's true, yeah. Integration, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's... It's gone. Everyone thinking about it. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, back when it started in December, when it was released. So, I think uh, you know, from our perspective, uh, there's a lot of work to be done on the on the enterprise side. And you're right, integration is definitely key. Uh, and I think what you mentioned earlier in the podcast around context. Oh, for sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that, that's where it could help, though, if um, these things can pick out. This customer has just said something on a human level, and that's where they can, if they can be really, this is a really angry customer. Everyone can be angry, don't worry, but I can see why they're angry. Here's a, and actually they're angry because we did something either within or outside our control. Here's now what we should do. And that's where sometimes they need to slickly hand over to a human, but just be, if they can do it without a human, then they will win. But I, I think people yeah. just aren't thinking that way still. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, uh, Thank you so much for this amazing uh, advice. I, th I think uh, your experience has definitely helped people get, as I say, 1% better. Um, if anybody has any questions for Alex, uh, Alex, what's the best way to reach you? Find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm maxed out with 30,000 connections, but uh, <laughs> all my contact details are on there. So yeah, awesome. any, anywhere on there. All right, cool. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. So to end the podcast, we want to make sure that we do uh, some rapid fire just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, and one question that we always ask people uh, is if you were to call into a contact center, <clears throat> maybe you're starting on the on the virtual assistant side and then you got switched over to a human and it was a celebrity, an artist, a musician, dead or alive. Who would that person be that could like ease your pain, could solve your problem? Who would that celebrity be? The heart is a bloom, shoots up through the stony ground. Bono. Ah, yeah. Oh, he's getting a bit, he's, he's got, he's calm when he needs to be calm, but he's passionate yeah. and emotional. It's beautiful, dear. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but imagine if he did the wrong it. context at the wrong time. Hey, you guys, you, I want to complain. It's a beautiful day. That'd be terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> terrible. Context is good. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Awesome. He just came out with a new book, Surrender. So that's correct. Yeah, absolutely. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. I definitely want to read it. All right. Uh, what's one thing not on your LinkedIn profile? Um, most weekends I do sing and I do, I do 
act like Bono and sound like Bono. So if I have put a couple of posts of that on in the past, so um, I guess the, the I have seen such things. I have seen some karaoke. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got more. Actually, it's pretty good. <laughs> if, if I want to really sabotage my entire PR, I could put dozens on there and then ruin my ability. <laughs> but no, um, I guess the other thing is uh, I'm so fragile. I, I'm born in Southampton. I support a football team called Southampton Football Club. We're currently bottom of the Premier League. And anyone who says to me, hey, Alex, how are you on a Monday morning? First check the Southampton result. I'm going to be miserable and depressed for at least four days. If we've oh, lost. I feel really bad now. I should have done that before we started the podcast. But we've lost, we've lost almost every game this season. So I have to somehow just get over it. It's fine. There's only room to grow, right? Only room Excuse to grow. Me. All right. Uh, what's one thing that you wish you knew when you started your career? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm. I guess, I guess um, executive engagement. In my 20s, I was a bull in a china shop. I literally, my God, guys, don't you get it? We can fix things. Do it this way. Listen to me. Really, oh, my God. And um, the energy I had was, was a, a strength, but also a big, okay, Alex, calm down. Take them slowly on the journey. So if I, I probably wasted my, or I, I achieved a lot in my first 10 years of my career, but um I could have been a bit more polished and slow, but I, I, I don't regret the way I always fought for customers and my staff, but I regret some yeah. of the things I remember saying in board meetings, like, oh my God, did I really say that when I was young? But hey, it's okay. You know what? I mean, I have a same story. Like I remember back in the dot-com days, I went in, I was like second week on the job. I'm like, you got to do this. You got to do this it was around <laughs> digital engagement. And everyone's like, um, why like i, I didn't I, I i was so full of myself yeah and, and just, <laughs> so i constantly need to to, to kind of check myself yeah uh, as the song says yeah check yourself before you wreck yourself um <laughs> so that's definitely something uh i have experience with all right uh and then uh what's your best day just like if there yeah, was a good day you're like all right at the end of the day you got your Cognac or whiskey, whatever you, your drink of choice is, and you're like, oh, man, that was a good day. Okay, what would be that good day? Well, um, the weekend before the good day, Southampton beat Manchester. Chelsea, <laughs> okay. I don't care. Really hammered them. But then um, I, I can remember this feeling, it, it, probably less than ten times in my life, when I, I've, I've joined an organisation, and typically the contact centres report into me, the customer service teams, hundreds of people, and, and often when you start a role, they're, they're kind of like ugh, depressed or even really, you know, exhausted with the way things are. I love the feeling of not being able to go into the board and say, hey, we increased sales or NPS. I love just going into the environment and seeing people are smiling. The, we've got wall boards, but we don't care because they're under control. And it's just a great feeling. And I like being able to have a joke and a laugh. Hey, Alex, how's it? I say, it's okay, man. Let me take a call for you. And I, I, I love that that environmental feeling when you know, okay, sure. we're good now. And it's it's very rare to get that. But, you know, that that's yeah. I love those feelings for sure. When it happens, it's, it's, it's all gold. <laughs> not, nearly always the next day something goes hideously wrong. But when you have those moments, hey. one yeah. <laughs> Totally. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And, you uh, too. Uh, thank you again. Um, and then any uh, final words? Uh, I always want to give people kind of a, a minute uh, of airtime to say um, if there's questions that you have towards our CX and Contact Center audience, if there's anything that you want to ask them, um, or leave uh, that with, uh, yeah, I, I guess um, 
do you know what? It, it does frustrate me that often I, I, I'm, I'd like to think I'm good at what I do in customer service experience. And you look at my recommendations on LinkedIn, nobody looks at those, but they're fairly consistent. Alex is great fun to work. He's good at his job. He's inspirational. But on LinkedIn, I'm seen as this, oh, he's the, he's the LinkedIn rebel. He's the, the CX antagonist. I'm not an antagonist. I just think people aren't doing the right thing. So please call me out. Any of you CX influencers that I occasionally group together and say, I, I hate you all. I don't hate you all. I just want you to engage with me so we can actually yeah. do things together. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to have an, an open debate with anyone who thinks I'm full of SH1T because, you know, I, I, I'm a nice guy deep down. And what I write is yeah. rarely what I say. So yeah, uh, please, please engage with me for the, the good stuff I have to offer. And if I rant every now and then, it's just because I've had a bad day at work, probably. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, we, we definitely uh, appreciate you with being within the community. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely uh, put your LinkedIn uh, uh, profile URL in the show notes so people can contact you. So thanks again for joining us on Conversations That Matter. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, have a great day. Hope you got 1% better on this podcast. Let us know who you would like to interview next by emailing us at podcast at unifor.com or tagging us on uh, Twitter or just use the hashtag CTM Unifor. That's CTM Unifor. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day and see you on the next episode of Conversations That Matter. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations That Matter. Subscribe to our podcast for more great content. And if you want to learn more about the topic we discussed, visit unifor.com today.